Hello and welcome to On Board with Cruise Passenger, a podcast series for people who choose to cruise and those considering a cruise holiday. I'm Rose Jacobs from Cruise Passenger Magazine. Today, along with our look ahead at an exciting year for cruise, we'll be looking at how you, our cruising listeners, have been helping those caught up in the terrible bushfires. And I'm Peter Lynch, editor of Cruise Passenger. It's hard to go past the devastating season Australia is having drought, bushfires, and now coronavirus. And I'm Bernadette Jewell, Cruise Passenger's content editor. Yes, as Rose said, the cruise industry has been quick to help taking passengers back to recovery zones so they can help prime the economy. Well, welcome back, everybody, to our very first podcast of 2020. I must say we ended the year with some awesome results. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud. It seems that loads of you are enjoying our podcasts and we've been rated Australia's number one podcast for travel and places. Oh, that deserves a high five. Yay! (laughs) Crowd goes wild. (laughs) Okay, 2020 is looking busier and better than ever. So we have high hopes of some fascinating interviews, competitions and panel discussions for all of you listening to our podcast. So for the listeners, I'm going to tease you with a little mention about our podcast competition and you'll find out a little bit more later in the podcast. You can win an eight-day Duro River Cruise for two worth $5,887. So stay listening because I'm pretty sure Rosie's going to tease you with the question. Yeah, More and, teasing. And just so you know, the competition is not about who can pronounce the uh, <laughs> the name of the river Duro. Duaro. Duaro. That one. The one in Portugal. Yes, that one. But we've had a busy wave season as we've had fun stepping aboard ships like the Ruby Princess, the Carnival Splendor, Regent's Luxurious Seven Seas Voyager. Oh. Yes. As well as the Oceana Regatta. How was that, Rosie? I loved that one, actually. Mm. I, I got to go into the owner's suite and it was fantastic. And I saw on our videos that you were also eating some delicious lobster pasta. Yes, yes, yes. It was the um, spaghetti alla diavola. <laughs> so say that say that with the duro. D- 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 spaghetti alla diavola on the duro. Delicious. Can I, I win. Pass the ketchup. <laughs> But unfortunately, we've had also a difficult start to the year with the bushfires ripping through parts of New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia. But in true Australian fashion, our cruise lines have banded together and pledged money to help residents affected, our brave fireys and our adorable wildlife. Mm, yeah, thank goodness, because um, even Carnival, in fact, have helped to fundraise on board both the Splendour and the Spirit. Guests on the ships donated over $15,000. And this is kind of fun, the way they did it. <laughs> they wanted to see their yeah. cruise directors, Lee and Chloe, don ball gowns and then slide down the green lightning and green thunder water slide. I cannot believe they thought that up. It's wow. a miracle they didn't drown. <laughs> I know, right? With that weight of the tulle and the sparkle. Let me remind you that Lee is a guy as well. So seeing oh, Lee in a yes. ball gown was pretty fantastic. A bearded guy, no less. <laughs> a bit of fun. So Cruise and Maritime Voyages, they're a newcomer to the Australian market. A traditional British cruise line matched dollar for dollar for all donations and that totaled over $10,000. Now, CMV, with any booking that is made, they donate $10 for every cruise sold. 
And they did indeed stand their ship by to rescue people from Kangaroo Island on the, the night of the fires. Mm. So even though the uh, the ferries in the end did it, they stood by their ship for a day. That's brilliant. And I believe that that money was donated to the Australian Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And as Peter said, yeah, that rescue standby was incredible. Other lines like APT and Hurtigruten have also donated $100,000 each. But aside from monetary donations, there are two cruise lines which have made an enormous impact on local communities. Tourism close to home has really gone through some major hardship. It has. Mm. Not just with the fires, but with our never-ending drought. In fact, this one's surprising. One in 13 jobs in Australia are in tourism. Mm. And this, as you can imagine, this will be huge, not just for the environment, but also very much for the economy. Yes, 73,000 jobs in New South Wales alone. There are 192,000 small businesses in bushfire-affected areas. And the money that is usually earned during Christmas and New Year, which is meant to pay the staff of these small businesses through to Easter, is now not coming through. Mm, yeah, I can imagine that without that uh, financial support over Christmas, so many of these places, I fear, are going to go under. Yes. And the other thing is as well, I think we keep on forgetting that a lot of these small businesses are actually shore excursion providers. So mm. say, for example, if you're calling in Newcastle, you know, a Hunter Valley wine tour will be through a local shore provider. Or mm. if you're in Eden, you know, if you go to the local restaurant mm. or decide to do like, you know, a seafood tour, these are the local businesses that are affected. So um, they really need your help. They absolutely depend on your dollars. As you mentioned Eden, their burn, the mm. Norwegian Jewel did in fact make a triumphant return to that gorgeous town, which is down along the south coast of New South Wales. And there were about 2,000 passengers on board the Jewel, eagerly awaiting to explore the Sapphire Coast. So that's a brilliant outcome there. Indeed, mm. they call Eden the town that loves cruise. Mm. They were chomping at the bit to head over to places like the Sprout Cafe, who have had a cutback. <laughs> Hopefully, start. they're re sprouting. Well, yeah. But yes. they've had a, they have had to cut back staff numbers since the fires or take a tour to Captain Sponge's Oyster Farm to try those delicious South Coast mollusks. <laughs> I've tried those. They are the best. They are good. Oh, so did you go out with Captain Sponge? I did, actually. went on his cruise. He's not spongy at all. Soak it up. <laughs> the oysters, are, they're literally rated some of the best in the world. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> well, over in South Australia, Princess Cruise's Sun Princess was the first ship to call at Kangaroo Island since it too was ravaged by fires. Yes, and we've got two special guests with us today to record that event, David Jones from Carnival Cruise Lines and Mayor Michael Pengelly from Kangaroo Island. And now we have David Jones, who's the Corporate Communications Manager for Carnival Corporation. And that group also includes Princess, which has been doing some amazing things, as we've mentioned, bringing thousands of people to this stunning part of South Australia at Kangaroo Island. And I have to say, I've seen some of this video footage. It made me extremely emotional. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, David, tell us why Princess decided to call in at Kangaroo Island. It was very shortly after those devastating fires, I know. Well, to begin with... The call to Kangaroo Island by Sun Princess was actually scheduled. Fortunately, at the height of the bushfire emergency, Golden Princess had had to cancel a cruise to uh, Penetua, the one of the main settlements on Kangaroo Island, because of the fires, and Golden Princess had had to go to uh, Port Lincoln instead. So Sun Princess was scheduled to be there on January the 19th, and the local community on Kangaroo Island really moved heaven and earth to make things uh, fine for Sun Princess to go in. So... 
it was a very powerfully uh, emotional moment mm. uh, when the ship uh, anchored off Penasaur and the passengers started coming ashore. So it was a, a fantastic event and it really sent a message to the world, really, that Kangaroo Island was uh, open for business. I love that, David. I also, from what I can tell, passengers were consulted beforehand in terms of whether they would like to, whether you know, they were given the option, obviously, and I believe there was an overwhelming response of support for people wanting to visit the island. That's right. On a couple of days before um, uh, Sun Prince went in, she was actually coming up to Kangaroo Island, or coming across to Kangaroo Island from Burnie, and Captain um, Diego Perra, announced after the Q&A session uh, in the theatre that a Kangaroo Island call was on and tears went up by the length of the ship. So, <laughs> That's uh, fantastic. Uh, yes. and, and by the time the passengers got there, I've got to say that uh, they knew exactly what they had to do and that was to book themselves on shore tours, um, go to the local market that mm. the uh, people at Penishore had put on and to spend up big at the local market, and that's exactly what they did. In fact, oh, the locals great. were telling us that they had never seen so many people oh. at a local market on um, uh, Kangaroo Island. The other nice uh, touch for us, the great thing about cruising is wherever you go, you make new friends, as we know. Yes. And um, at the market, uh, we found Captain Shane Bates from the local country fire service, Penishaw unit. He was there with the fire truck, which had been out uh, at the fire line for the past ten days. Wow. Anyway, um, at the end of the day, um, uh, Shane, the captain, Bates said to me, uh, "Gee, I'd love to have a look at the uh, the ship. I said, oh. look, we can't get you on today, but let's go one better. When Golden Princess comes uh, in a week, uh, a week from now, we'll get you and the uh, the country fire service volunteers on board for." Um, uh, for some morning tea on Golden Princess. Oh, and so, that's uh, lovely. And so you're referring to the Australia Day visit that has just happened. Yeah, exactly right. So as a result, um, uh, it was a big Australia Day for uh, Shane Bates and his colleagues, uh, all in uniform. They went on board, had oh. uh, morning tea, uh, met the captain, the captain's reverso, who gave them the tour of the bridge. Uh, they really felt special. And of course... Were they mobbed by the passengers? Well, I'm sure they would have been because they look uh, they look pretty um, pretty good in their uh, country fires. <laughs> oh. <laughs> really, no, the, the passengers really were saying to the community that uh, yeah, we're supporting you. We're back. Oh, that's brilliant! But I imagine all the passengers were on shore, having fun at the markets and meeting all the locals. Well, look, the interesting thing about um, Kangaroo Island and the reason that uh, it was important to support their campaign of uh, their hashtag book them out mm, was yeah. because the the damage to the island had taken place over in the western reaches of the island. And two-thirds to half of the island was totally unspoiled, mm, totally yeah. idyllic. And this is where the community moved heaven and earth. They actually, on that day when Sun Princess went back, all but two of the regular shore excursions were available. The only ones that weren't available were over in the far west of the mm-hmm. island, um, yeah. uh, which uh, were, were still inaccessible. But it just shows you that I was down there on the day Sun Princess arrived. And to all intents and purposes, if you didn't know there had been a disaster on the western side of the island, you would mm. not have known there was a disaster. Yeah, that's amazing. The you've done so much to make it normal. You did say, David, didn't you, that you were sending a message to the world with this trip. Have you seen any results from that? I mean, Princess, I know, does have American passengers. Are you finding people, Americans are prepared to come back? Well, we've looked across all of our cruise brands and uh, and bookings have actually held up. So I don't think there's been a huge reaction in that way. But um, uh, talking to the local people, the local tourism operators at Kangaroo Island, uh, they had been uh, hit with lots of cancellations for you know the shoreside accommodation and uh, whatever, and it was very quiet when we got down there. And I think the message we were then sending out was, uh, 
Kangaroo Island doesn't need any more cancellations. Mm, they yeah, need reservations. Yep, yep. And, and, and they're definitely uh, they're definitely on the way. But back. I'd say, David, I mean, those local connections—that's nothing new for these cruise lines. You guys have really been stepping that up, though, to help in this moment when the communities are especially distressed and in need. Well, that's right. Across um, Carnival Australia, I think they've pledged um, around 1.9 million dollars to various uh, relief efforts, including the Red Cross, uh, also to UNICEF to help uh, kids who are going back to school and have lost mm. everything in terms of their educational needs. Money to, um, uh, some of the money from Mickey Harrison's uh, family foundation is also going to uh, this, the protection and uh, revitalisation of wildlife that have been decimated. But, um, you know, the, the sight of that uh, the big white ship coming mm. into port uh, for a community which has been having a really tough time that sends a very powerful and positive message. And uh, I think that message has also been coming through in Eden on the, new, on the south coast of New South Wales with, uh, uh, with uh, the Norwegian uh, cruise line ship the other day. And, of course, we've got Pacific Aria going in there on, on February the 7th. So, you know, the sight of a big white ship coming <laughs> to town really sends a positive yeah, message. Yeah, so true. Uh, very uplifting, I think, for everybody. Hey, can I just um, change tack ever so slightly? Because um, we do have some really exciting news as well. I'm going to be on board the Ruby Princess, when that comes in in the um, first or second week of February into Sydney, and we've got some exciting new stuff happening with the new Ocean Medallion being launched. Can you tell us a tiny bit about that? Well, look, I'm only um, speaking from a layman's point of view. Ocean Medallion obviously is a revolution in um, the way you go cruising, the way you um, interact on board with the Ocean Medallion, giving access to your room instead of a room key as, as of old. It's uh, a situation where the crew will uh, be able to anticipate your wants and needs and be um, ready there waiting with uh, the good things that you're looking for. So to some extent, uh, I'll be discovering Ocean Medallion for myself because I've been reading all about it and hearing reports from uh, colleagues and uh, passengers who've experienced it. it sounds know, like it's a brand new um, way of pioneering in the cruise industry. So I can't wait to compare notes with you, David, when, when we experience that. Look, thank you very much indeed, David. Keep up the good work. Uh, really great to see really Thanks, great mate. to see cruise lines rallying around at this time. Yeah, Peter, so, yeah, it's a great pleasure to do it because, um, as I said before, when you go cruising, you make friends on a cruise. And when you're um, part of the cruise business, you make friends in these uh, destinations uh, where we go and when they're in need it's uh, fantastic to have an opportunity to assist and it's them. certainly a long journey ahead so we can't wait to see it continue thanks so much david thanks again david And joining us now is Mayor Michael Pengilly from Kangaroo Island. Of course, Michael, you were there on the ground the day that the Sun Princess pulled in. It must have been absolutely electric. How was the vibe? Oh, it was wonderful. Uh, it's been a real hiatus since the fires and no ships coming in. So the arrival of uh, that vessel and the hundreds and hundreds of passengers that came ashore gave a real buzz to Penishore and, uh, and the island. Uh, it was just good to be back in business and good to be welcoming visitors and good to be showing them around what we've got to offer. Yeah, because, I mean, Kangaroo Island is such a beautiful place. So how important are cruise ship calls to Kangaroo Island, Michael? Look, uh, it's all part and parcel of uh, visitation to the island and they certainly inject some life and uh, some money into the island when they arrive here. Uh, the markets do well, the bus companies do well. Uh, the coffee shops do well, so it, it's a real little buzz to the economic feed of the island and uh, it's developed into a bit of a niche product uh, along with everything else. 
So it complements uh, the tourism sector and the farming sector and we welcome the visitors. Michael, I have to say, I, I think that the arrival of the Sun Princess and the wonderful welcome the community gave really actually sends a message as an example to other affected communities that are in need and, and so many people don't expect that, that these areas are open and desperate and really excited. Yes, well, there was a lot of negative publicity went out mm. about the island during the fires by way of uh, everything. So it was just an, ex- uh, it was an opportunity for us to showcase that we're still in business, we're still open, all our attractions are still here. There's a couple of the national parks still closed, obviously, but we're all here, our beaches are here, um, all our little uh, shops are here, so we welcome visitors to the island uh, uh, as they come, one after the other, I hope. So, Michael, what are some of your personal favourite things to do on Kangaroo Island? Well, I love my local beach, Emu Bay. We go down there and on a summer's night and have tea on the beach with oh. the dogs. Uh, we like uh, our native animals. We like our bush. Um, we do, I'm an islander born and bred and uh, it's home and I just love the place. I'll never live anywhere else. Mm. Fabulous. So, Michael, tell us about the wildlife because I think it's one of the key assets for Kangaroo Island. Uh, well, we have a multitude of uh, native wildlife. We uh, Kangaroos, wallabies, possums, echidnas, goannas. Uh, the koalas are here. They've been introduced species. We have platypus introduced, but uh, we also have uh, a lot of bird life, and um, that's still here. Excellent. Um, clearly, uh, you know, the West End's taken a fairly heavy collateral hit, but that'll recover, and the animals and birds will all go back in there. We've got our Ligurian bees, which are uh, <laughs> the only right. strain of Ligurian bees in the world. They're vital. And I understand it's uh, Kangaroo Island's the only place in the world which has these uh, these bees as well. Is that correct? Or it's got the, the original strain of bees? Yes, it is. The Ligurian bees here are the purest strain in the world. And we go to great pains to make sure that we don't bring honey products, etc., into mm. the island. Mm. They've got no disease. And they're a reasonably docile bee. They, uh, they don't oh. attack you... Oh, uh, unless they absolutely <laughs> have to. We're on attacking. We've also got, uh, you know, our native black tiger snakes and pygmy copperheads. Oh, so which, not uh, so cuddly then. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in saying that... To, it doesn't pay to try and pick one up and give it a kiss. I, I imagine not. There. But in saying that, there's also a really magnificent story about the wildlife park that is there on the island and how uh, that was protected during a very intense moment during the fires. Can you tell us about that? Yes, that's just out near Pandana, and indeed, you're quite correct, it was protected. There's a multitude of animals and birds there, uh, which all just couldn't be moved. Even so water the, buffalo, uh, I hear. You, you can't move those very quickly. Buffalo. No, wow. 800 yeah, animals. Them, Ari, that's for no sure. idea. Wow. But, uh, there was a huge effort put in to keep those animals safe, and uh, since the fires, they've been doing an amazing job out there uh, helping animals recover if they've got them that are burnt. And they're just, uh, it's part and parcel of the visitor experience to the island. People love it when they go there. It's great for children. It's also got an educational bent. And they can go down to Vivon Bay and do quad bikes or down Little Sahara. So there's all sorts of things to do and that's all readily available. That's it. And I imagine, from what I've heard, I mean, for a business like that to stay alive, it really requires something like 200 visitors per day. So without these cruise ship arrivals and others knowing that they're open, then, you know, that's something that would eventually have meant that even though they were protected by the fire, economically they would be struggling without these ships. Mm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, and don't forget they've got to be fed. They've got to buy all their feed, mm, yeah. so they need a throughput. 
And it's also about jobs. Most of our private sector jobs on Kangaroo Island are in the tourism sector. Mm. And if visitors are not coming, the jobs are not there and um, you know, it's, uh, it's no good. And it does complement the farming sector. They work well together in tandem. So it's really important. We provide a lot of the feed farming sector for the wildlife park. So it's, uh, it's all symbiotic, really. Excellent. So, Michael, are most of the ship visits back on track now? Yes, I understand so. They should be flowing through until March, April. Brilliant. Uh, yes, uh, there was one in well, yesterday, I think, Sunday. I've lost track of days. Uh, <laughs> That's a good thing. So yesterday there was one in. It's, some, it's about 60 kilometres from where I live. But uh, no, no, you. Uh, there were some people in around the town, so it's all good and it's all back to uh, the normal with the cruise ship. Some of the best news I've heard is that the brewery was perfectly untouched. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> brewery yes. excellent. Yes, oh, well, we're, we're on our way, Michael. We're just booking our tickets now. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the brewery was untouched and what the owner did on Australia Day Sunday was that he put a keg of beer on oh. the back of his ute and went to Emu Bay and drove along the beach handing out free oh, beer to anyone who wanted it. So it wasn't a keg per person, though, I hope. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Michael, thank you very much indeed. Very best of luck. Uh, I know that uh, a lot of our readers, um, and we have a very, very big audience, mm. are very keen on Kangaroo Island, so um, they'll be very interested to hear how you're faring. I know they'll get behind you. Well, thank you very much. And look, we really, really welcome them back and come and see what we've got to offer. We love our visitors and I've enjoyed having this little chat this morning. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Thanks, Michael. Well, it's nice to see that we are all coming together to help our communities. But remember, if you are cruising around Australia soon, which I hope many of you are, make sure you consider booking a shore excursion, which you can find through your cruise line. I mean, there are lots of local providers, so, you know, really do consider taking a shore excursion with one of these guys. That's an awesome point, Vern. And another topic that's gotten the tongues wagging of our readers, <laughs> this is fun. Carnival Cruise Lines Australia is imposing a new dress code. A dress code. We love a dress code. Oh. <laughs> it's the first time the family-friendly casual line has enforced anything like this. But I want to know, like, how did all of this start? Well, it actually started after there were some complaints from passengers wearing clothing items that contain nudity, profanity, and sexual innuendo. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so Carnival said enough is enough, and rightfully so. Can I just say, you know, some cruise lines do clothing optional theme cruises. They, so, <laughs> you know, this uh, isn't that bad. <laughs> well, it depends Middle what they Now, look, that's a really good question. I think it is so, BYO towel, so though. I, <laughs> I, I would just like to chip in here and, and test the waters. So our readers actually did greet this news with general approval. Mm -hmm. A lot of them said they really did feel things were going fast. So in, in the interests of research, I can reveal oh. that there are a number of sites out there selling cruise shirt ideas. Oh. So, so here we are. Let's see. Let's test the water here. What do we think of time to get ship-faced, <laughs> ship-faced, and a little <laughs> naughty spelt N-A-U-T-I? Oh, oh, Peter, you've really outdone yourself. What do you think? That's quality journalistic <laughs> research. What, what right about there. what about bad and boozy? 
<laughs> I think he's in for a Walkley. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but it does it does prove the point that there can be some rather offensive T-shirts mm. out there, and and these days you do need to consider that, I suppose, if you're keeping all of your passengers happy. Oh, and especially if you've got kids on, you mm. know, a cruise a cruise ship, you learning know, you... to read. My kids are reading <laughs> everything at the moment. So okay. that's... If it was me, everybody on the cruise ship would be in a tux. That's just very simple. Everybody wearing the same. That's so you. Well, I mean, it sounds like you'd be appropriate for a Cunard cruise, which. I mean, they do expect people to wear tuxedos and gowns for they formal do. evenings. And that, that's under the shower. This is true. But also these cruise lines offer some relaxed dining so you can get a Guy Fieri burger. But I don't imagine I'd see you wearing a tux eating one of those, Peter. You won't be seeing me. And speaking of tuxes, I will not be eating a burger in one. I'm heading off to Europe to try the world's most luxurious ship. So you'll definitely be donning your tux then. I will be donning my tux. Don't they do burgers on luxurious ships too? (laughs) They do do lobster burgers. Uh (laughs) Sliders. But Peter, I thought you've already been on the world's most luxurious ship, the Regent Seven Seas Explorer. Yeah, it's really complicated, this burn, I've got to tell you. So having built the world's most luxurious ship, where do you go afterwards? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you build another right. But the trouble is they can't describe it as the world's most luxurious ship. So they're describing it as the world's ship of perfection. Oh. <laughs> and mm. it's a sister ship to the Sunning Explorer. And the Splendor has already closed down the marble factory that makes marble mm. in Italy for it. <laughs> Uh, and there are going to be 250 artworks, including Picasso's and Gauguin's. It's going to be fabulous. A $200,000 horsehair bed will uh, will that, adorn the master That sounds suite. itchy. I, I, well, it is, actually, because the Queen of England yeah, actually sleeps on this horsehair. Oh. I mean, yep, exactly. Oh. Uh, I, I won't be. I'm imagining it. some flowing champagne and caviar mm. as well. It will not stop flowing. It'll be an avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Peter, you are making us both very jealous with your upcoming travels. Yeah, I think Rosie and I will be just sitting in the office crying the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Not a chance. Now for listeners who might be getting a bit jealous, we are offering you the chance to also jet off to Europe. So here are the details of the competition. You can win an eight-day Duro River Cruise for two worth $5,887. I love this one because the cruise is with a company called Teeming River Cruises and I love these guys. You basically start in the picturesque city of Porto and sail down the gorgeous Douro River. Yes, and you'll be sailing with uh, Jeff who uh, owns the line and you'll get to sample Portugal's amazing culture, food and wine. And on the MS Enfant d'Enwick, not bad, well, Peter. Très bien, <laughs> I've been <laughs> practicing. You'll get complimentary meals, entertainment, welcome and farewell receptions and access to Teeming's famous walking tour app. So the beautiful thing about this is that it's available in all ports. So you get a good in-depth look at like different cities. So it sounds incredible. Everyone's going, how do I enter? <laughs> Basically, you have to go online just to our website and uh, answer a simple question. You might have already got the answer from listening to the podcast so far, but Porto is a city in which country? Oh my God. Yep. You've got up until the 28th of Feb to answer that one online. And remember, you have to enter on rivercruisepassenger.com.au. Now, it wouldn't be a podcast, Peter, without your fabulous cruise joke. Oh, you're so kind. (laughs) Please tell me you found some new jokes for 2020. Well, why does the Norwegian Navy have barcodes on the side of their ships? Why? Why? So when they come back to port, they can Scandinavian. 
left. <laughs> okay, I think I'll leave now. No, we need we need a foghorn for that one. Come on, that was all right. But that's basically it for us uh, this week with our first podcast back for the year. Thank you for joining us for On Board with Cruise Passenger. Don't forget to check out our website at cruisepassenger.com.au. Sign up at our digital newsletter and don't forget, spend those dollars on shore. Help our towns. And enter the competition at rivercruisepassenger.com.au. And from all of us at Cruise Passenger, thank you for listening. See you next time.